Welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and it's a delight to have on with us uh, Ben Tyvall, our engagement pastor, and Sean Winters, our senior pastor here at Calvary Church. And uh, we want to thank you for listening today. Uh, gentlemen, hope you had a good Thanksgiving weekend. And, yeah, uh, it was really busy, uh, but it was good. Had a lot of good food. Yeah. And, um, I came down with hand, foot, and mouth disease, so I have nice. blisters all over my hands and feet and mouth. And but other than that, it was a a great Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> so we have plexiglass between all of us, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> Tucker's in a hazmat suit. So yeah. fortunately, it's just radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah thankfully, mask, you don't have to. The whole thing. I have a face for radio this morning. That's yeah, for there sure. You go. Uh, well, uh, you know, we are approaching the uh, Christmas season here. Well, we're in the Christmas season, uh, in the Advent season. And one of the the big questions that I have for you is, when do you start decorating for Christmas? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. We, yeah, we start pretty much the day after Thanksgiving is kind of when we start pulling out all the bins for Christmas. And uh, this year, you know, the day after Christmas, we we were out in Wisconsin, and so we got a chance to go out to a, a rural tree farm, which was really fun. So we went and cut down our own tree. And brought it back. So we set that up on Saturday, Saturday night. So that's kind of when we start, and we'll probably be going all throughout this week. How tall is your tree? Well, our ceilings are, we only have eight foot ceilings sure. in oh, our house. Okay. So it's about a seven foot okay. white, white pine. Yeah, you do the best, get as close as you can. Yes. Yep. Well, I think that's biblical, right? Right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. I hear people all over the place and you know, people posting their Christmas decorations three weeks before Thanksgiving. And uh, we're the same. We, we, we don't decorate until the day after Thanksgiving, but the day after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is the day we pull out the boxes and pull out our fake tree from 2001. And, and it's fewer and fewer you know, little pine needles on the little plastic. Anyway, yeah. it, it's great, and it, it holds up all of our nice. all of our uh, decorations. Well, this year, just one other real quick story. We were sitting, uh, my son Jordan, who's 10, and I, we were laying on the couch. We like to just lay and look at the tree and kind of do this I spy game. Okay. Oh, you know, yeah. I spy With something. The yep. And you try to figure out which one. And so we were playing that game. It's, it was fun. We were having a moment. And I looked underneath the tree and our it's this really sweet nativity scene that, that somebody actually made for us. And it's literally stacked in a pyramid, like a perfect pyramid, like all the characters. Oh. So it's like it's like they like so, some cheerleading scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like it was a human pyramid of the nativity. And I just I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know, it just hit me. I one of my kids so who, had, okay. had gone in and made a human pyramid of Mary and Joseph. At least Mary and baby Jesus were at the top okay. of the pyramid. So there was a sense of but, uh, yeah. appropriate priority. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? One of the things I just, I, I cannot figure out is Christmas lights. I, I think there's like a built-in, uh, uh, you, you know, they, they just die every year. It's just like they're made to die. And so you plug them in every year and half of the... yes. Half of what it's is dead. With that? I don't get it. You just—it's a built-in obsolescence. Like you just have to go buy new ones every year. So, well, and I was—you know—here I am, like pulling out each individual light yeah. when we were decorating and not <laughs> trying to. After I got to like light ten, I'm like, "This is what's the point? Why do they even give you the the spares? Because right. who's going to actually go and check every? Right. I was changing fuses. Like there's fuses on the anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't work, and I'm just—I am so tired of Christmas lights. I hope it's not. Uh, 
offensive to either one of you. We de- we've been decorated now for two weeks. Nice. So we well, could have somebody out there doing something different. Nice job. Yeah, we're we're more inside decorating people right now. We okay. have a blow up uh, dog, fox, and gingerbread man outside of our house, and those are the only decorations. Wow. <laughs> so that's what our girls picked out. But yeah, you no, know, you go. I'm sorting through dead, you know, strings of lights, and I think that's why people get the little. Little lights that just shine, you know, yeah. bizarre images on their house. Yeah. Like it just, you know, <laughs> it's so much easier. You just set it in the yard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of Christmas decorations and, uh, you know, lights and, you know, our neighbors that, you know, put up all of their, you know, their fun stuff outside. I mean, part of this speaks to the commercialism of Christmas. It's become a kind of a holiday of lights and decorations. And I think if you sat down and spoke with your neighbors, they probably would say, well, the meaning of Christmas is getting together with family and friends and, you know, having a turkey again after you just had it a a month earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But Christ seems to get lost in the midst of the the commercialism. So the question I want to focus on today is how do we keep Christ at the center of the Advent season and Christmas? And what are some ways that you've found that have been helpful in doing so? Yeah. Well, it is neat when you go around and you see um, in, in the lawn decoration, someone has a nativity scene or um, my my aunt um, had a big sign in front of her house that says, wise men still seek him. You know, so it's, it's saying, how, how can we leverage some of the decoration and some of the festivity to point back to Christ? But yeah, I think probably in a deeper sense, what you're asking is how do we individually or as a family keep Christ in the, in the middle of it? Even though it is really fun, it's really fun to celebrate. It's really fun to gather. Uh, it's it's great fun to buy gifts for kids and watch them with great anticipation shake gifts and you know guess at what's in there and you know that those sorts of things are fun and we don't want to be um, you know we don't want to forget that. But at the same time, how do we, in a sense, keep Christ in the center in the midst of that? Right. Yep. Yeah, it, it is a challenge. I mean, I think especially when you have kids, it's kind of that, um, you know, that two-edged, not two-edged sword, but it's be- because you don't want to be a curmudgeon, you want yeah. you want to celebrate. And, the you know, the joy of gift giving is, uh, is, is just that. I mean, it is, it brings joy to be able to give gifts and to see people receive those gifts. And, but it is really challenging not to get caught up in uh, all of the, you know, quote unquote, hustle and bustle of, of the season. And, you know, one of the things that I grew up doing and we've done over the years with our kids is we've had an advent calendar. I don't know if you mm-hmm. if you guys have seen those, but you know, starting the first Sunday in Advent, it has a, you know, some kind of little window that you open and it has a has a verse and it has a saying and it, ha- it it's just a way to, and then every day after a piece that, of chocolate to rot your teeth before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little surprise, you know, behind you the, behind the secret door. Uh, but again, just, just one practical way that can kind of keep that focus, you know, coming back to why it is that we are actually celebrating uh, Christmas in the first place. So one of my mentors said that uh, he separates it and has a Santa day with his kids hmm. and then has celebrates Christmas. And on Santa day is when you actually get to give and receive gifts. And then um, they have some other traditions around Christmas that keeps the focus on Christ. 
And I like that idea. We haven't practiced that ourselves, um, but I really like that idea of, of keeping those two days distinct and separate yeah. um, so that we don't become a, you know, a curmudgeon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you, know, why are, you know, the kids are the only kids at school that don't uh, get any gifts yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> right. Christmas. Right. Uh, but you still keep Christ at the center of, uh, of Christmas time. Our kids are a little bit older than either of yours, and and we're decorating for Christmas, and then we're out driving around on Saturday. And you know, one of one of our children said, um, you know, what's the whole tradition of lights? Like, where does it even come from? Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife is a librarian, but she also just loves books, and she loves reading kids' books, and she she has a series of Christmas traditions, and some of them are kind of legend, but it's from a biblical perspective, and. So, so she just kind of naturally weaves in, hey, here's, here's a story I read about Christmas trees, or here's a story I read about lights and why lights, you know, it started with candles and then became a little more safe. And, um, <laughs> but, but, but just all of these, so, so that's the natural way she just brings it into conversation. Uh, um, and and I, I, I kind of like that idea of how do we, you know, some people it's better to say, hey, let's just separate that. I think that's what my father was after. Like, it's too commercial. Let's just do away with gifts at Christmas and do it three days later. Um, but but it was, you know, how do we just kind of marble that in? How do we kind of naturally bubble up with, you know, bringing Christ into the center of it, commenting on the cool lights? And it's okay to say that Santa's pretty awesome. But, man, look at that message of wise men still seek him or mm-hmm. – um, Making that gospel, you know, I said it wasn't—it's not an either or, right? We don't want to be that parent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either Christ or it's commercialism. It's not a both and. Like you just don't want to marble it in some kind of syncretistic way of celebration. But it's first things. It's saying, you know, we this is primarily about Christ, but it's okay to have a great time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we've approached it. Yeah. Well, it is a celebration, right? I mean, yeah. in many ways, that is. That's what we're doing on Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. And mm-hmm. I think God is a God of joy and fun. And yeah. so I, I think you're right on that we we do want to celebrate. We want to show our kids that yet yeah, to be a Christ follower is uh, you. that's where you experience the most joy, you know, the, the deepest joy possible. And here's why we are joyful. Here's why we are celebrating. It's because of who Jesus is and what he's done. And, you know, that as you're talking about lights, I was just having this thought on Sunday, Pastor Tammy uh, here at Calvary, she read from John 1 mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of thinking about that connection of light yeah. and that passage in John 1, specifically in verse 5, it says, uh, it's talking about Jesus, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot ex- extinguish it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is this this beautiful picture of Jesus being with God in the beginning, and he is the ultimate re- representation of light. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you go by that house that has that excessive amount of lights, you know, where you're just, you sit in awe. Yeah. What a great uh, connection back to, boy, this, is, this really reflects Jesus well. Yeah. He is the ultimate light. That's so great. much so that the darkness can't extinguish it. Yeah, that maybe isn't a normal passage people would read on Christmas Eve, but it'd be a great one. It would. Right? Just, yeah. to, just go read John 1, 1 through 16 and and just say, hey, you know, what? in what ways do we see Christ as a light in life? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and our salvation is found in him. How do you use the Christmas tree in your house? How do you tie that into a biblical <laughs> truth? If you think about it, it's a very strange tradition that yeah. once a year we bring in a tree inside of our house and wrap it with lights and hang ornaments on it. Yeah. Um, there's probably some tradition that I'm not well, did, aware of. What did but... Becky, did she have a... Yeah, she, no, she has a book about uh, the Christmas tree. Now, I haven't read it, so, oh, okay. you know, but I'd be... <laughs> we'll be have great. to have her on yeah, next we'll week. Have her on. <laughs> Just say, maybe she, she's got these great stories. In fact, Caden, um, who's 18 and he's a freshman in college, remembers a Christmas story that, that Becky read to his class in fifth grade. He's like, oh, I remember that one. She said, that's one I do over a couple of weeks. But, um, so, so she's planting great seeds of that gospel. Love that. Um, and then she's clear, hey, this one's a legend and this one's, you know, the, here's, a, here's a real story around it. But. When I was in undergrad, I had the opportunity to go to Turkey and uh, went to the city of Myra, which is one of the reasons why we named hmm. our daughter uh, Myra after uh, the biblical city. Only appears one time in the book of Acts, I think in chapter 16 or so. And uh, St. Nicholas was the bishop of Myra. Okay. And um, you can go to Myra and actually see uh, the bones of St. Nicholas. Okay. Uh, even to this day. Huh. Did so, you do that when you were there? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's kind of fascinating to think of some of the historical yeah. roots of, of uh, Christmas. Hopefully no kids are listening to <laughs> <laughs> even this episode. Right. Yeah. But there's a, you know, there's we a... We know where his bones are. <laughs> Tucker, Tucker has actually seen, seen the bones. I got a picture, so... <laughs> we can oh, prove boy. it. I want to go to a passage here, Matthew uh, chapter 6, uh, in verses 19 to 24. Jesus says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in the very next verse, verse 22, Jesus says, the the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Seems very, at first, uh, glance very disconnected. What does the eye have to do with what he just said earlier um, about uh, storing up treasures in heaven? And the way that I've heard it explained is that to have a healthy eye was uh, a phrase that uh, spoke to someone's generosity. So if you spoke of someone having a healthy eye, you were speaking of them as a generous person. And and, uh, someone who had an unhealthy eye uh, was, uh, was someone who was stingy. And so it's interesting that Jesus here connects generosity with um, where we're storing up our treasure. Hmm. And so I think as we think about this Christmas season, um, I think it's, awesome. it's, it's a good time to practice generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the level to which we practice our generosity, I think, does uh, demonstrate where we're, where we're storing up our treasure, um, which this is... Uh, convicting passage to me when I don't feel like I'm always the most generous person when it comes to finances, probably other things as well. But Well, it's a good, good point, Tucker, and I just appreciate it. I, I think that one of, the, one of the idols of our age or one of the areas where we kind of 
give permission to go off track is this idea of temporal values, Mm -hmm. of valuing the things of this earth over the things of eternity and the things of heaven. Um, and it's insidious, right? It's, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so image-based. Um, we, we love to, to, to have things that we can post or get accolades for, or we compare ourselves vacation or possessions or cars or homes. Um, and we don't want it, right? We, we don't want to serve that. But if we don't have the latest fashion, if we mm-hmm. don't have you know, this, that, and the other— and, and those things aren't bad. Again, you know, Matthew 6, it, it, the Father knows that you need them, but the pagans run after these things. So the people who don't have a view of God run after these things. And God will take care of our needs, but seek first the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Seek first God. And and so so the, the temporal values, I, you know, I want to be able to see that. We don't all have the same capability of generosity, but, but how do I... How do I do battle against temporal values? And one of those is by generosity, giving something away. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I do battle with the mammon spirit that's within me um, that, that says, I, you know, I'm trying to please people I don't know and don't really care about. I'm trying to impress people I don't even know who they are. <laughs> you know? How about I spend more time impressing God and, and finding that contentment in that? No, I think that's good. I, the verse that jumps out at me uh, from that the passages that you read there, Tucker, wherever you, your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be. I had a pastor friend uh, kind of come up with a phrase sort of based on that verse, and he talked about, um, he said, feelings follow f- focus. Mm-hmm. It was kind of this, uh, just this truth of, you know, wherever it is that you're going to place your, your focus, wherever you're going to put uh, your your desires and invest those, your heart is going to follow that. And so I think in this conversation around generosity, you know, around, you know, looking at what is, what is the father's heart? You know, it, certainly it is, it is generosity. It is. Um, and it's also, I, I think, self-sacrifice and some of these things that maybe on, on the surface level don't seem that fun. You know, I, I think that's, that's part of it is like, we think things like giving something away isn't actually going to be fulfilling when in fact, like, I think we do know that hmm. it is more blessed to give than to receive, but, but there has to be like an act of the will to do that because it goes against our flesh. It goes mm-hmm. against what we think is going to satisfy, um, you know, or, or, or ultimately fill that void, mm-hmm. right? So I think again, you know, God's way is different. He says, you know, come and and give something away, and you'll actually be filled. Mm. And I, I think so. As I'm saying this, and as as I'm hearing you guys share, I'm just getting convicted around how is it that I'm gonna practice this in the coming weeks? How, how am I gonna? Mm not just help lead, you know, my family and my kids in this, but how am I going to lead my own heart in this? And I, you know, I, I feel a little, little bad admitting this, but I, I need to s- s- do this. Like this, this is the week, you know, mm-hmm. where I need to really take some time and reflect and focus on how I'm going to, uh, how am I going to focus on this for the coming weeks leading up to, to Christmas? And then ultimately how is that, 
uh, you know, how am I going to lead my family in that as well? What are some practical ideas that we can uh, that we can brainstorm together of of ways that we can practice generosity in this Advent season? Well, I think our our boxes of hope, which is an effort here at Calvary Church, um, it's something certainly that you know if you're part of Calvary Church, we encourage you to step into. Um, it's the idea that we're we're going to provide a gift that you as a part of Calvary can sign up for online by December 1st. <laughs> you mm-hmm. come pick up your box um, and give it to someone in need. And, you know, there's coffee and cookies and a mug and a gift card to Target. But but that's something that any of our listeners could do. Like, like think, you know, not only what we can give uh, to the people that we're related to who send us their gift list, um, but maybe someone in your life who is in need and you could just find a gift and write a... You know, one of the key pieces I think of that effort is that there's a card in there where we can write a personal message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I would encourage people to not see boxes for hope as a way of giving, so that I it does. Well, let me back up a second. I like what Tim Keller said once that in order to, for it to be generous, it has to be painful. So, it, any kind of generosity that we display, there has to be some level of pain for us, otherwise. It's not really coming from a posture of generosity. So I would encourage people not just to give a gift so that they don't have to experience any of the, the pain of loss, whether that, you know, in this case, it's some kind of financial um, hit on your wallet, but may it be an invitation to give more. So see this mm-hmm. as the start of giving mm-hmm. more, these boxes for hope. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is really an easy way really to start a relationship with somebody or uh, to help further a relationship with a neighbor, but then see it as an opportunity to, to give more in the future. So that would be my... Well, to build on that, this, this is a perfect time to, to be missional. You know, we talk about uh, being missional as, as Christ followers. And I think there are a lot of practical ways, a lot of opportunities to build some of these bridges uh, into relationship with with people in our lives, whether mm-hmm. it's our neighbors or you know people that we that we see often that maybe are just acquaintances. Um, but again, thinking about unique ways, like I, I think even just spending some time, you know, as we reflect, asking the Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, who who are the people <laughs> that you are wanting me to reach out and connect with? Who are mm-hmm. the people that you want to bless through me? And and spend some time listening to that. Mm-hmm. And again, if there was ever a time where you know the giving of a gift or like the extension of relationship in some kind of way, like this, this is kind of the the season for that mm-hmm. culturally. Still, like we still have kind of that opportunity, I think, to build bridges during this time of year, maybe than other times of the year. Uh, so I. I think all of what you guys are saying, just kind of piggybacking on that. I think there's lots of creative ways that we can think about blessing uh, people in our life during this time. We have a group of people who are our neighbors that receive cookie and candy Christmas stuff from Becky's kitchen. <laughs> nice. um, and so we got a couple neighbors that are like, man, I can't wait till Christmas. Cause like you make the mess stuff. And, 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 you know, this year in the last twelve months, I've met two new neighbors. So one that's fairly new to the neighborhood, um, uh, a guy of Jewish background who's from uh, Europe, and then an Asian couple that has been there the whole time, but just very non-communicative. So, 
So we're going to add to our cookie distribution list. Um, but awesome. but but it's it's not just cookies at Christmas. It's the relationships. So you know the family from Venezuela just praying for them in the last couple of years and and some different issues and a next door neighbor who's not yet a follower of Christ and but we've walked through some really difficult challenges and so so it's yeah I like that it's missional it's not just about giving and it's always tough to see really good cookies go out the door right because I want to eat them but, <laughs> but 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 it's more than that it is saying how do I enter into further conversations and and um, you know in in some ways again naturally bring up my faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and you know the 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 reason for the season whatever it might be that just kind of Mm-hmm. You know, is natural to you that makes sense to say here's here's my my greatest hope is not that the cookies are going to be satisfying. My greatest hope is that is that Christ in some way can can meet you and you can understand the gospel. I think I think this is also a great time of year to think about uh, part partnering with maybe an organization that you know has a has a mission that connects with mm-hmm. some of your own passions. Uh, maybe you as a family, like again, just a just a great time to kind of to to maybe start something new and to do that as uh, you know as a family unit or or you and and some friends think about what how might we partner together to uh, to go and and support you know an, another effort that's going on within our community something that's already happening so whether that's financially or going and spending time or serving in some kind of way. Uh, one example might be a, a buddy of mine. He does this with his family. I've been considering it uh, for us this year, but he partners with Compassion International, which is a great organization, a great ministry. Uh, but one of the w- ways that he partners with them is he's got a couple kids and he they put out a catalog uh, every every Christmas season where you can actually go and you can purchase gifts for the, the kids that they sponsor. You can also find those online if you don't have They're the catalog. Also online. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and so he actually encourages or part of how they do Christmas giving is each of his kids uh, actually have to give up one of their presents in order to give a present through compassion to a child that's in need. So it's just kind of a very tangible, but I think it's just a very cool way of saying, "Hey, we're you are going to sacrifice this this present that could be yours. This, you know, kind of you don't actually have it in hand, but it, it, you could have this present. But we're actually uh, you get to choose a gift that's going to be given to a child who has much less than you do." And he said, "It's just been amazing to see how his kids have responded to that. Mm-hmm. They get almost more excited about." Yeah. choosing this gift for someone than they do about getting their own gift. It's a cool idea. That's really neat. Um, any last words that you would have for our listeners today on, on ways they can uh, cultivate a heart of generosity this Advent season? Yeah, I, I um, talked about on Sunday just this prophecy out of Isaiah 40 where, you know, it's it's for John the Baptist and just the 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 call that John had in preparing uh, kind of a precursor to Jesus Christ. And, and and it said, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And it's this idea of just uh, intentionality. It's saying, how do, how do we actually make space for, how do we um, make a way for the Lord? So, so just, you know, ponder that question in your own life. How do I make a way for God? How do I make a path in the 
<laughs> desert, mm. the space in my life where maybe God isn't. Um, maybe in my context of the workplace, how do I bring Christ in there? How do I make a way for God? And then in our homes, um, I, I think, again, we, we say this repeatedly, more is caught than taught, but that doesn't mean we don't teach. You know, teach your kids, mm-hmm. um, train your children. But a lot of it is just caught. Like what, what are, if you as a mom or dad are more consumed by the temporal values over the eternal things, your kids are going to pick up on that. So don't, don't take that as a, as a guilt or shame, but just to say, how do I, how do I prioritize that? Which is right. Even though they don't seem to catch it, eventually it's going to sink in that they know what you value and you know, you raise a child up the way they should go and they will not depart in, in the sense that they will pick that up and they'll run with that. How about you, Ben? I, I think that's really well said. I, intentionally making a path, making a way for, for God in this season. I, I think it's, I, w- I don't really have anything to add. I love that. So let's figure out and, and do it, right? Yeah, I know <laughs> that's the next step. I, that, and that's what I'm sitting with is, okay, yeah. Ben, what, what, what is this going to look like yeah. the rest of today and the rest of this week? How, how am I going to make a way? How about you, Tucker? Well, both of our girls want hamsters for Christmas. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll encourage them if we do that idea of giving a gift away <laughs> encourage yeah. them to give their hamsters away no <laughs> i like that idea of um giving a gift and then asking them choosing one gift to give to someone else in need as a as a a practice to teach them about generosity because there's probably it's there's probably more to that than just the act of giving that one gift it's really teaching them uh how do, how do you cultivate a heart of generosity uh, in their life? So uh, I like that idea. I might uh, talk to my wife about, do we consider doing that? I'll follow up with you on that, Tucker. You can keep there me accountable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Wrap up a couple little farm animals in a package, and it's going to be a family gift, and open it up. And like, yeah. you know, what's with this? Yeah. You can tell I the like, story. I like that. <laughs> Well, no, thank you for listening. I hope you found this to be helpful today. And if you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. And if you have any ideas of ways that uh, you've been generous or um, ideas that you have to help cultivate a life of generosity, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. And until next time, uh, we all would encourage you to think of ways that you can be generous this Advent season uh, to that neighbor across the street, that coworker, that friend. Think of ways that you can uh, be a blessing and and bless others this Christmas season, ultimately pointing them to the, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We look forward to being with you next week.